Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 6. Whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death on the testimony of two or three witnesses. He shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. Deuteronomy 19.15 One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or sin that he commits, but by the mouth of two or three witnesses the matter shall be established. 1 Timothy 5.19 Do not receive an accusation against an elder except for two or three witnesses. 2 Corinthians 3.15 This will be the third time I am coming to you, but by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I'm laying a base foundation here that the divine government of God, he just we just can't go by the testimony of one person. Two, three is even better, but two or three. John chapter 20, verses 19 and 21. At evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father sent me, I also send you. We see that the Lord, he's standing in the midst of them. He's right in the middle. Numbers chapter 35, verse 34. Therefore, do not defile the land which you inhabit, in the midst of which I dwell, for I am the Lord in the midst of you among the children of Israel. And Deuteronomy 23:14. For the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and give your enemies over to you. Therefore, your camp shall be holy, that he may see no unclean thing among you and turn away from you. And in Genesis 2:9, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where are two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And the point that I'm trying to bring out is that where is the Lord? He's in the midst. We see Revelation chapter 2, I believe, he's in the midst of the candlesticks of his church. In John, when he comes in to commission the apostles, where does he go? He's not off to the side. See, he didn't stand in front of them. He comes into the midst. That's where the Lord is. He's right here in our midst. The midst is really the center. He's the centerpiece of our gathering. And we see that he was in the midst in Israel. He had his tent pitched there in, in Israel in the camp. So the Lord is in the midst, and he's saying here, Matthew, that if two of you agree on anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same things, and that there be no division among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 
For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's house, contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you who says, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? I have personally misunderstood for years why the Lord, it says, we're, you know, we always say, hey, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. He's there in the midst, so he's here. And that gives us confidence that we pray, we say the Lord's here. I want to bring more clarity and more clarification as to why the Lord, why is he in our midst? That's the real question. He loves us. He inhabits the praises of his people. He wants to be with us. He's always been in the midst. There are certain attributes of God that we really like, and there are other attributes of God that we would rather discount. And so we have a church today, in my personal opinion, that wants that always just that tender heart, that mother lovingly heart, and we need that. But the other side is the father side of it, the father side of that government. You have to have the father in the family or otherwise you're missing a huge component of, of, of the way God designed the church. And we see here that there's divisions and that Paul is saying, look, is Christ divided? And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not hear, take with you one or two more. So there's the witness that we've been looking at, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Why the church? Because the Lord Jesus rules through his church. He's coming into our midst as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's coming in with those fiery eyes that he's searching us and he's purifying us. I am Lord through my body today. He can come and do it. He could just show up and, you know, fix everything, but he wants to do it through his church. He wants to do it through me and you, the individual members of his church. So when the Lord, when we say two or three are gathered together in his name, I am there in the midst. And I say that if two of you agree concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by Father in heaven. He's talking about his governmental rule. He wants his church to come into agreement. He, he wants to answer that. He wants, he's saying, look, I want you to rule. We have these divisions. People are trying to separate. Now, in, uh, we see that two brothers, if they're sinning, you know, you, you want to restore it. But if not, you get your witnesses together, get the one or two, like it taught us. And then if not, you have to take it to the church. And there's a real breakdown today because we don't see this happening. We don't see the governmental rule working in our midst within the church. A lot of the problems that he wants to correct, he's waiting for us to come into agreement with what he wants to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 1, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous? and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? Do you not know that you, you shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? 
If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed to judge? I say this to your shame that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brothers. That brother goes to law against the brother, and that before unbelievers. Why is Paul exhorting the church? Because he's trying to let them know the Lord is preparing us to rule and reign with him in eternity. The Lord wants to bring order out of chaos. The Lord's, his prayer was, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we would look on earth and say, well, I don't see that happening. But the reality of it is, is Jesus is working towards that end. We know that, you know, the prince power of the air is here, the ruler of darkness. So what was the Lord talking about? He was saying the governmental rule where my church can come and rule in the midst of chaos and that we can bring the order and instruction to the body of Christ so that there's there's wholeness, that there's wellness. When two or three gather together in my name, he's in our midst. But why is he here? Why is the Lord here this morning? Why is he in the midst? There's a lot of things that he's doing. You know, he's loving on us. He's presencing himself. We can feel the presence of his Holy Spirit. But he also wants to bring his lordship, his rulership. He wants the church to take the rightful place and begin to judge those things that he wants to judge in the body, things that are on his heart. He wants us to come in agreement with what his purpose is. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your heavenly rule and government come down. Let that function here. And the Lord's saying, I'm going to do that, but I'm I'm going to do that through my church, through my body, through my people. So that's why he's coming into the midst of us. He's coming in to perfect us, to prepare us, to encourage us, to love on us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. So important today. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. So he's trying to say, you know, get outside of yourself, you know, humble yourself, be like minded, have the same love of one accord, one mind. Philippians. Chapter 3, verse 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if thing you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. When he comes into our midst, instead of the church gathering together and saying, let the lordship of Jesus rule, Lord, how, how can we function as a body to bring the heavenly government to earth? Let your kingdom rule come here. We have all these different other interests that are coming in. If we spend as much time lifting up the Lord as we do men and their interests and the things that people are trying to build, that's bringing division. That's bringing separation. That's breaking down this potential for the church of Christ to rule and reign here on earth. 
We're a divided house. And we can't, we can say, oh, well, it's, you know, the enemy, the enemy. He, he is the influence of it, but he has to find selfish interest and ambitions or on things that are happening on the earth, the earth realm. But what the Lord is saying, I'm in heaven. I'm ruling from heaven. I want to rule through my body, through my leaders, through my church. When we go to pray, shut yourself in. And when you pray, the Lord sees that and he rewards us, right, for that. So God's always watching. But his governmental rule does not happen through one. See, his governmental rule begins to happen at two, and it it really engages in three. And that's when things start to move. And of course, he comes in with us. He says, I am with you in it. Will you come into agreement with what I'm saying? Would two, would two more of you agree on what is on my heart, what I want to set in order, and my father's going to move? But he's looking for agreement. Why? Because that's the order that the Lord set in. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have to have at least two or three witnesses that are coming into an agreement with what God wants to do. We have to have this agreement, but we are a divided house. The Lord wants to establish on the earth his governmental kingdom. Well, what's that? Well, he's laid it out. It's very clear through the word of God. And we gather around that. That's why when there's division in the body and there's sectarianism with the body, we can go and we can speak to it. We can address it. People can backslide and walk away today And you can't bring any correction to them because you go and say, well, that's your truth. That's what you believe. That's what you think. You know, I I don't I don't see God moving that way. But if we could bring the church, we could bring the church, then we could recover them. We can restore them. The church isn't going to restore anything. We're all running around, you know, politically motivated and doing all doing everything but this what he needs to do requires the church when he comes into our midst we can say lord rule rule and reign yes first in our life that you know that's a given and then we can corporately come together and be of the same mind and have the same heart and have the same purpose it's not that well this is the vision of the church and we're going to feed the poor, we're going to build a radio station, and we're going to send evangelists around the world. That should just be, you know, a byproduct of coming in to how can we set the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in order. But if we're doing all these other things, and the body of Christ is divided, and people are falling away, and the enemy's picking them off, and we have no way to go and restore them or bring correction— it says, you go to your brother, then bring, you know, bring two, then bring it to the church. And then if they don't listen, then you have to put them out as a tax collector. Why? That they'll feel that f- from the body that, look, you're cut off from us. You've got to come back. We're the life flow. But today, none of this happens. You know, people can just walk around and they're walking around in the wilderness and the, and the governmental rule is not working through the church. Let as many as are mature, Philippians 3, have this mind. And okay, not everybody's there. And he's saying, all right, so, but God will reveal it to you. But nevertheless, to the degree you have already attained, walk in. The- Paul had his perspective of how the Lord wants to rule and reign through his body. Other people, they weren't there. And he's saying, okay, well, we're still not going to move off that. But just stay with me as best you can. But this, this is what we have to be doing. First Kings 18, Elijah came to the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal's Baal, follow him. 
So the Lord is saying, am I the Lord? He's coming in to rule and reign in our midst to restore us, to love us, but he says, I need to set some things in order. First Timothy chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 15. He, the Lord, will manifest in his own time. He who is blessed and the only potentate, which is another word for sovereign, He's the sovereign king of kings. He's the Lord of lords, who alone is immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen nor can see. To him be honor and everlasting power. Amen. So that's what we're dealing with. That's who, that's who he is. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the only one who's sovereign. He's our sovereign Lord. I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Why? To judge all matters through his body, the church. That's why he's here. That's why he's coming. We have to deal with that. I mean, we look at it and we say, wow, you know, there's, there's just total chaos and disorder here. How can we correct it? All I know is that when the Lord comes into our midst, our posture should be that we're, we're making those governmental changes in our life so that he's ruling and reigning from us first. Because do you want to rule and reign with the Lord? Well, you've got, he's got to be ruling and reigning in you first. You have to be surrendered. He doesn't want, you know, if you're, if you're here as an ambassador for him and you're running around doing your own thing, you know, I was in your midst. I was trying to, I wanted to bring correction and adjustment. You know, I can see now my heart's breaking because we know so many people wandering around. They're doing, you know, they're not attending church. And these are precious people. And there's no way the church is so broken down and we're so divided and we're so divisive. But the individual members have been allowed to grow wild so that if you go, as a church, it's like no one's telling me what to do. And so what happens is it weakens the church. It's not that we want to control people. And the church, this is the loving, ruling, reigning of the Lord Jesus Christ. How can we correct the problem? He's here in our midst, and I'm ready to rule a reign. So our prayers, if we can come into agreement with what he wants to do, then these are very effectual prayers. If we can come into agreement here on earth, because there's something about the authority and the dominion that we have here on the earth on touching these governmental things. He's saying that we can change things. There's an authority in the spirit realm that we can bind and loose, and that if we can come into an agreement on this, Father is ready, willing, and able to move upon it. So much so that when two or more of you gather in my name, I'm there in the midst so that we can come into agreement. And if we can get a hold of this and if we can enter into that kind of a prayer, kingdom of heaven will come to earth and rule here. That's the authority he's giving us. Not that we can just come into agreement and get what we want. So I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father. For where two of you are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you'd like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link of this podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button on the upper right corner. 
If you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use this link to give using your credit or debit card. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Thank you.